All right, all right. Hello, hello. This is your life coach, Coach Latham, and I've expanded to develop a podcast. So welcome to the After Action Review. The podcast is an extension of my life coaching company, Powering Life Changes, where I truly believe that every change has a story. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Latham underscore PhD. I'm ready to hop right into the topics for the day. Let's go. All right. Hello. Hello. So uh, this is your life coach, Coach Latham. And uh, today's episode uh, is going to be about um, the essence of a good relationship. And it comes from uh, this new book uh, that I've been reading called A Thousand Little Habits of Happy, Successful Relationships. Um, and man, this book is it's very interesting. And, and it just it doesn't just talk about relationships in a sense of like romantic but also uh, talking about friendships, co-workers, uh, with siblings, uh, if you have children, just right any type of relationship uh, that we might enter into. So uh, we're just going to kick things right off. I think this episode will probably be a little bit more than that 20-minute mark, but it's all good um, because everything that we're going to talk about today, uh, it has its place. So we'll just get started. So uh, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, right? There's no perfect man, no uh, no perfect woman, no perfect pet, no perfect job. Uh, there's no perfect thing that will make everything better for eternity. Rather, there are good relationships and good jobs and good pets and good situations. And each of these is developed not through perfection, but really through imperfection. The idea that something can be perfect is a false standard created by someone that never achieved it. You know, people have died in the pursuit of perfection. Literally, people have died trying to be perfect at something. Um, but also, they've died spiritually. Some people couldn't achieve perfection and their goals died with them at a young age. And so for just a moment here, just imagine being 25 or younger uh, and feeling that your life no longer had any purpose. And, and now, you know, look through the people you know and consider how many of them are talented but are not acting on that talent, never having known their full potential. Right? That should scare you. It should scare you that it's so easy to give up. It should scare you that it is easy to sit back and choose to go with the flow. It should scare you that a person's desire to tap into their purpose can be buried in the rubble of what could have been. That brings us to today's topic, the essence of a good relationship. This episode, again, is not just for couples or those who are married. It's for friends, parents, and family members, for co-workers and colleagues. We are all entering and exiting relationships uh, throughout our lives, and, and sometimes we have no idea that it's even occurring. So the first thing that we'll talk about, boundaries and realistic expectations. Did you know that we first start to experience boundaries in our infancy, crying when we get left alone, trusting that our caregivers would feed us, change us, and make us feel safe? Do you remember the first time that your parents sent you to daycare or to school? Do you know why they typically start crying? It's because this is a new experience for the both of you. 
and trusting other people to provide for your safety and care. Recognizing that it won't be at the level of your parents, but hoping that in some way it would be worthy. In our adult lives, we practice setting boundaries and how transparent we are about our lives, how much we choose to share and when we want to share. When we are first comfortable within ourselves and then with someone else, we can begin to relax our guard and give them access to our boundaries. Submitting to the relationship, if you will. So think of a time when someone overshared information with you. Did you immediately size up the person as a risk? Did you metaphorically begin to build a wall in your head? And then did you start planning how you would exit this person from your life? In your adult life, it will be critical to set rational boundaries, things that will keep you safe and progressing. It will also be important that these boundaries are followed up with clear and realistic expectations. For example, as an entrepreneur, you are in control of your time and money. You may feel that since you work from home or for yourself that you should maximize your time by always working. Right? Those consecutive 16-hour days will reap a reward at some point, right? But then you notice that your work or your business consumes more of your life than you initially anticipated. A boundary needs to be set here, especially if you have a family. There is no perfect formula to determine how much time you should invest in different areas of your life. But always remember that it is the people closest to you who will be there for you when you're sick or in a vulnerable state. So it's not going to be your money. It's not your business. It's not your job right? that's going to come to help you when you're in that vulnerable place. It is those people who are close to you. And this section on boundaries and expectations can, can really be its own episode. And in the next season of the podcast, I really do anticipate covering it uh, even more. The next topic here is vulnerability and trust. To extend a boundary to someone, we must feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable, to trust ourselves and then be able to trust the other person. It, typically, people only know how to be vulnerable during the initial stage of dating when they're lusting after the other person. They know how to be vulnerable in sickness. They know how to be vulnerable in death. They know how to be vulnerable during sex. It's probably one of the most recognized moments of vulnerability when we are giving our body to somebody else. We're inviting them into our home, inviting them into our bedroom or into our space. And we're beginning to do these intimate actions that place us in, in positions uh, where we can't be in a position of, of dominance. Right? Both parties can't be dominating in this dance. We could be vulnerable um, or we know how to be vulnerable most of the time in times of anger or in times of happiness. But these are all just a very limiting range. Relationships are about continuously developing, exhibiting and sharing vulnerability. Vulnerability is defined in the dictionary as the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally. So let, let, let's look at how powerful that definition is. The state of being exposed to the possibility of attack or harm. 
Do you see that a healthy relationship means that you can trust the other person with the knowledge of things about you that could damage you? So think of your relationship with a coworker. And for the most part, it's superficial. Right? Things are relatively cordial. But then think of the relationship that you have or have had with an intimate partner or close friends. It should have been much easier to share personal information about one another. When we enter into meaningful relationships with others, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. At one time or another, each of my best or close friends have seen me cry. They've seen me through a terrible crisis. They've been there to witness a major success in my life. They've helped me home when I had one too many drinks. In fact, at 3 a.m. on a cold January morning, one of my friends got out of his bed, loaded his weekend bag into my car, and he helped me drive 16 hours to my new home with my dog in the back seat. Once we got to Florida, uh, the next day we went to the airport and we picked up another one of my buddies and we all spent the weekend together to help me settle into my new normal. And over the course of the weekend, we tapped into levels of our friendship uh, that most people, unfortunately, just, just never get to experience. You know, but that relationship, um, it was not built there in that moment. It was built over four to 15 years of check-ins, dinners and family events and birthday parties, sharing different memes and, and having different types of gripes and laughs. Right? We made a social contract with one another to be accountable, to be transparent, and most importantly, to show up. And, and those are, are three of the core things that it takes to have friendships. Right, I've got some real close friends. I got one that lives in, uh, in Illinois. We met at work when I worked for the insurance company. And her and I, we talk all throughout the week. It's like we, you know, we met at work and that friendship just bloomed out of that. The same thing when I worked for the police department. I met some fantastic people, you know, people who will be in my life, I hope, until the day I die. And amazing people. Everywhere I go and, and you have this ebb and flow of creating these relationships with people, you're going to meet great people. But everybody can't go with you on the journey. Right? Everybody can't go. So you got to be selective. Spirit of discernment. you got to discern between who you're going to take into your boundary. Who you're going to be vulnerable with. So if there is no vulnerability within the foundation of your relationship, then it will, it will fail. And we are vulnerable with those whom we trust. So what is a relationship with no trust? Right? You have nothing. The truth about real life is that in order to feel truly connected to someone, you have to be authentic. The person you become when you're alone with your thoughts is the version that the closest people to your heart should know. So let me say it again. The person you become when you're alone with your thoughts is the version that the closest people to your heart should know. I say the version because we all wear a mask. We all 
code switch. <clears throat> there are certain things that we do to survive. And that looks different for every person. Every person that I meet, every person that you meet, is not going to get the same version of you. The energy is going to be the same. The personality is going to be the same. Right? Everybody's going to really be able to say, oh, man, this is a stand-up guy, stand-up woman. You know, They're funny. All those things. <clears throat> but they're not going to see the vulnerability. They'll get some transparency. But not the vulnerability because you're not in that circle of trust. But the people that you hold close to you. In order for them to really know you, you have to give them that authentic version. Brings us to the next point here about honesty and forgiveness. And undoubtedly, honesty is a major building block of any real relationship. Through your actions, your words are given life. Honesty keeps everyone on the same page and it coincides with vulnerability. Uh, honesty begins with you first. Being honest about what you desire, what you need, what you're willing to compromise on, what you're willing to accept, and what you're willing to give. Relationships are about the continuous cycles of learning and unlearning. As we all grow and mature, we change. And this requires our partners to shed some of the old ideas they had about us and to learn us all over again. In a healthy relationship, this, this change won't be a shock because you'll have been checking in and keeping open lines of communication. So as you're picking one another's brains and putting the puzzle together, you, you'll have an idea of the paradigm shift that's happening within your partner. Your relationship will mature and grow regardless of the work either of you devote. The direction the relationship goes is directly related to your efforts. Another way of saying that is that the relationship is going to come to a point of maturation regardless of what you do. But if you if you want to maintain it, then you have to do the work. And then so where does forgiveness fit into all of this? Some people think that in a healthy relationship, everyone is on the same page. Problems are handled swiftly. There are no breaks in trust. And things are running so smooth that any serious problems are a surprise. Well, we couldn't be more wrong. In a healthy relationship, there will still be arguments. There will still be disagreements. There will still be moments when old habits resurface. And moments when we stray from the healthy coping skills that we've learned. But the true testament of success is when people recognize the deficiency and decide to work through it. Often, when it is stressful, it can be much easier to walk away from a good relationship than to try and stay and work things out. Working things out, it, it's messy business. Working things out requires a level of reflection and introspection that many are not comfortable doing. So throughout the course of the relationship, you must be prepared to forgive over and over. 
Change behavior is the result that we strive for. And remember, we're setting our clear boundaries and expectations. But if your partner doesn't, you know, if your partner doesn't squeeze the toothpaste the way you like, right? Maybe you squeeze from the bottom, you don't want to waste any. And they squeeze all over the toothpaste. Maybe they leave caps half twisted. And every once in a while when you pick something up, something might spill. Or maybe they forget to check the mailbox. It's cool. Don't blow a gasket. Right? Give some grace and be thankful for their presence in your life for the things that they do get right. And that's a part of their relationship. A little give, a little take. The ebb and flow. And, and so as we conclude, I want to talk about uh, some healthy relationship markers. And really, these are just here to help you determine if your relationship is moving in the right direction. Right? You don't have to be hitting all of these to have um, an ideal relationship. But if you if you hit in a couple of these, it lets you know you're moving in the right direction. And these, these are not uh, a, a complete list. These are just a few. So a hallmark of a good and steady relationship is an open, clear, and honest line of communication. Merely checking the boxes with the standard, how was work, right? That's not going to cut it into your, uh, your three-year relationship. It's been uh, over 20 months and you're still saying, like, how is work? Okay, that's not doing it. People need and they crave and they desire more. So you got to switch it up. You got to ask them, what did you learn about yourself today? Mm-hmm. What did you learn about somebody else today? Ask them if they had a moment during the day when they could be of service to someone. Did they, were they able to pay for somebody's meal? Did they pay for somebody's groceries? You know, what did they pick up a file and take it to a different office to help somebody out? Did they make some prints for somebody? And then ask them, how did they feel? Um, how did that act of service make them feel? Communication is the bedrock of the relationship. If you stop talking or you dumb down the communication, everybody involved will begin to feel lost and hurt. And exhausted. And that list just goes on and on. Open communication means that it works both ways. And the role of sender, receiver is shared between all parties. Clear communication means that you're conveying your message wholly and truthfully. Even if it requires you to restate or institute boundaries. And honest communication means that you're not telling half-truths. You're not telling lies or talking in circles. While we are responsible for the way that we deliver our message, we are not protecting the listener by withholding it. The next thing here is to try to stay on the same page. If you've ever played a musical instrument, right? I played the tuba in a marching band, um, we were in like the jazz band. I was in like uh, uh, the orchestra thing for a little bit, and I played the tuba. And if you know anything about playing music, 
if you all are not <clears throat> if you all are not on the same sheet of music are on the same musical bar it is going to be a mess so much like in relationships it may not become apparent to the outside world right away but eventually it will expose itself so when you're playing music and let's say you have a conductor that's a relationship between the musician and the conductor and when the conductor is conducting if you're not following the cues right maybe the conductor might be ahead on the music but in the musical world the conductor is always right but maybe the conductor is ahead or maybe you are ahead who knows but you're off and it might work for a little bit but eventually the crowd is going to hear this lone instrument right that's throwing the song off especially if other people know it have heard it have seen the show before and and even like sometimes romantic partners even they miss the signs right but this still comes from a lapse in communication when we get back to the communication piece and we hash out what's happening internally we can usually resolve or at a minimum get a better sense of understanding it is critical to to follow up right this communication part um our loving words with loving acts so beyond the act of procreation all right there are no hard set gender roles in a relationship as you communicate and understand one another more you have to find a routine or a different way to express your love your gratitude your appreciation in my romantic relationship i like to order uh, a bouquet of flowers every month and for my close friends i like to get them gifts that they can use throughout the year for my mom i like to get her shoes or pandora bracelet charms and so you get the drift right um the gift and the nature of how it's given will shift with each relationship but the overall objective is the same it is an expression of my love and adoration for the recipient likewise our loving acts should be followed up with loving words because the two go together of course we've already discussed this idea uh, or the false idea of perfection that false idea of perfection strips the relationship participants of their freedom and without freedom well you you really don't have a relationship right it's through this freedom and the identification of self that all parties involved learn to work as a team it's when you fully observe that you know you have your separate and combined strengths and weaknesses but together you're much stronger right and the healthiest relationships are rarely a 50-50 spread um in fact the scales are hardly if ever balanced a real down to earth relationship is about people being willing to make adjustments in real time and being willing to give 
more when the other or others can't. And that can be a hard pill to swallow, right? Like, what if other people find out that your partner is not pulling their weight and uh, you're covering for them? Like, what if social media finds out that your partner is unemployed and you're paying the bills? Or your family finds out? Well, that's perfectly fine, right? This, my next point is actually about maintaining the integrity and privacy of your relationship anyway. So you are the people in the relationship. And therefore, you hold the cards and you make the moves. And don't get me wrong. It's good to vent to another person, to ask for advice here and there, right? To even get some different perspectives. But ultimately, you must remember that you are the architect of your own life. And as such, you are the one responsible for framing this relationship as you want it to go. While you can't control what the other players do, you can control your contributions and your responses. So my last marker is that regardless of the nature of any relationship, you should learn to do efficient and effective check-ins. Hear me on this. They have the potential to make all the difference. Uh, The company that I've had the most success with is known as the Happy Partners Project. You can find them on Instagram and you can order um, several different versions of these cards. Again, it's called the Happy Partners Project and that's their Instagram handle. And what I really enjoy about these cards is that the process is structured. It begins with both players reading and agreeing to the rules. It provides information about negative words or phrases and then gives us relationship building words to use instead. Now, you don't need this deck of cards to have a check-in, but if it's something you've never done, it does help to have some structure. So I did check-ins in my friendships back in the day, um, but I really didn't know what they were called. I didn't see very many healthy relationships growing up, so when it came time for my own romantic relationships, I often imitated what I saw, and as you can imagine, that really didn't work out all that well for me. But over the last few years, I really made a commitment to get better, to do better, and to expect better. And my good friend, Lindsay Wagner, um, (laughs) she's so well known for saying, nothing is more powerful than a made up mind. And when you seriously decide that better is what you want, the universe will conform to your desires. So that has been our segment on relationships. And I recently um, got this other book called I Hope This Helps by Nakia Homer. And I just want to read just a short little segment here. It says, The minute I stopped running from the lessons my life would have me learn, I felt a shift. I would rise to the occasion of each circumstance and be lifted every time. Now, instead of being held down by the weight of the process, I flow through it. 
When I feel anxious, I have more chats with God. I always leave those conversations with words that help me on my journey from one lesson to the next. So this is another book that I'm uh, working through and I'm really enjoying it. This is so empowering. So as always, um, be well, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, uh, continue to live with intention and purpose. I'm so thankful for you stopping by to catch up on this episode. Uh, and of course, continue to listen. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Latham underscore PhD. I have some very exciting things coming up in the next few months. And uh, we will chat again soon. Take care of yourself. Thank you.